Choices, choices. Hope you had a good Thursday of a day of Thanksgiving. We did at our place. Uh, it began several weeks ago when Marcy wanted to wanted to uh, put a tree swing in the front yard, which meant Marcy wanted Stephen to put a tree swing on the tree in the front yard. I ordered it from Amazon at 2 o'clock. It was at my house at 7 p.m. that same day. It's amazing. We put the tree swing up. It was, I think, the hit of the day besides all the food and fun. We had all of our family. It was our turn this year to have everyone uh, with us. They came early. They stayed late, which was a wonderful thing. Uh, They got by without a single nap except for the youngest, uh, Everett, and Monroe, if I remember, needed uh, a brief nap. But other than that, uh, we had a great day full of choices. That's what Thanksgiving is all about, isn't it? Counting your blessing, blessings, acknowledging the choices that you make each and every day. And over these past several weeks, we've been talking about commitment that's based upon choices. I will, we're calling it. Just by way of review, for this is our last worship experience where we are focusing upon the important commitments that involve being a part of a church family. But if you go all the way back to when we began several weeks ago, we talked about those commitments that involved, I will seek unity among God's people. I will seek that unity that belongs to God. I will worship with my church family, what we're doing right now. I will get involved in a Sunday morning Bible study class. And keep in mind, that's the the method of ministry that our church has adopted. There are different ways of going about small groups. But for us, we build our buildings. We tailor everything that we do based upon Sunday morning Bible study, in addition to all the other things and small groups going on during the week. But we were making that commitment. I will share the story of Jesus in words and deeds, which means we will all be a witness, not just some of us, but all of us. I will give generously. I will serve throughout my church. I will serve others. And I will focus on Jesus and not on the flaws of my church. You remember back several weeks ago, I asked you beginning November 1 to have 60 days or the last two months of the year that would be gripe-free, gripe-free according to your attitude towards your church. And I hope you're taking that challenge. Somebody came up to me the other day and before they started, they said, I just want you to know I'm not griping, but... But it was at least acknowledging that they understood and remembered that we were going to try to make it at least two months out of the year without having to gripe about the church, which usually means things are not being done the way I want them done. So I want to wrap up all of these thoughts, all of these commitments this morning as we head into the season of Advent, Christmas, the coming of the Christ child with a question. Who or what will you serve? Because all of this has been about 
choices. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. These are some of the passages in the Old Testament that just pop off of the page at most of us. Not every word of the Old Testament can I remember, but there are some watershed passages that you cannot ignore. And in my opinion, Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15 represents one of those passages. What's happened here is the following. Joshua is ending his time of leadership with the people. And they are about to embark upon um, a conquest to take what God has given to them to make choices. And so he challenges them with a message, a message to make the right choices. And so with all the people gathered together, it says in Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15, these are the words that Joshua gave the people. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me In my house, we will serve the Lord. Two phrases in there. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. A lot of homes have that in a cross stitch or in some artistic form one way or the other. Because these are the thoughts. These are the choices that confronted the people of Israel centuries ago and that confront the people of God, the children of God, you and me, even today. You notice that Joshua says some kind of strange things. He talks about, turn away from the gods that your father served on the other side of the river. And he's going all the way back in history to like the days of Abraham, even before the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt and how they were immersed in idolatry. As they moved into the time of conquest, 400 years of bondage in Egypt, they were immersed in idolatry. The cultures and the civilizations during those centuries worshipped just about anything. You had a god of the sun, a god of the moon, a god of the stars, a god of the thunder, a god of the water, a god of the air. Everything was a deity. And then when you have Pharaoh standing up and saying, by the way, I am the sun God myself, I am the chief of all deities. These are the kinds of religious practices that God's people were confronted with over not just a generation or two, but over many, many centuries. So Joshua was asking them to make a clean break from that kind of living and to choose to make a choice to choose whom they will serve. How does that come about when we think of, I will make up your mind? Well, think with me along the following ideas based upon the passage that we just read. Notice he says, choose. Choose. There is a choice that we each must make. In Joshua's mind, it was very simple. It was a choice between the Lord God who had rescued them 
or at least their parents and grandparents, had led them on a conquest of a promised land. But they faced a turning point. They faced an opportunity to go one way or the other. And Joshua said, basically, there is a choice before you. And here's where it comes to play more than any other way in our day and time, in my opinion. A lot of people will say, I'm not going to choose. I'm going to remain neutral. I'm going to straddle the spiritual fence, if you will. I'm going to wait until I'm a little more seasoned, or I'm going to wait until I have reached this part of my life. I'm going to wait until I've reached this goal. Or some people honestly will say, I'm just going to wait as long as I can and do anything I want to do, and then I'm going to make the right choice, hopefully, before my life is over. Joshua says, no, it doesn't work that way. To say you're not choosing is making a choice in and of itself. So the same is true for you and me. Choose. Make your choice. On one hand, the God who created you, loves you, has your best interests in mind. On the other hand, you can fill in the blank. It can be any idol you choose. It can be more than one. It can be money. It can be other possessions. It can be a person. It can be any philosophy you want in life. Don't put behind it just the personal devil that's going to make you do this or that. Wise up and be spiritually mature enough to know that you and I each have a choice to make. You notice he says, choose whom you will serve. Probably one of the most important ideas that we could ever communicate to anyone at any time. And that is simply this. What you choose, you will serve. Always. Non-negotiable. No exceptions. What we choose, and we have the freedom to choose what we want, but when that choice is made, we do not have the freedom to control the outcome. So, what you choose, know in the end, you're going to serve. This gets interesting here for me. Because we come back to the choice we have to make. The choice between... God's will and our own way or the idol that we create or the idols that we serve each and every day that we live. And they both give us a message. On one hand, the ways of the world, the choice that would turn us away from God's will in our lives, will say this, do what you want, be free. As long as you don't hurt anybody, as long as you don't rub someone the wrong way, as long as you're not stepping on someone else's rights or their freedom, then be free to do whatever you want in life, and this will set you free. But the ultimate outcome always is you become a slave to that choice. Just think about it. Think about any addiction. Think about any obsession. Think about anything any type of disturbance, spiritually, mentally, whatever the case may be. How did we get there? We got there because we made a choice. And why did we make that choice? We made that choice because we felt down deep inside, because someone told us or we just felt that this is the way it was going to be, that our choice would make life easier. It would set us free. And we find ourselves entangled, enslaved, 
not free at all. But then you have God. You have his message, and his message is simply this. Choose to serve me. Choose to surrender your personal rights and do my will. Choose today to not be the first in line, but to go to the back. Choose today to not ask and expect everyone to do what you want them to do and instead serve other people. Choose today to die to your will and your way. And what will I do? I'll set you free. You see, God's very honest up front with us. He says, I'm not going to bait and switch on you. I'm not going to say one thing and do another. I'm laying it out for you right now. You want to serve me? That means you serve me. You choose to say, I will. You make me a priority. And in the process... I will set you free. And isn't that what happens? Just go back in your life. Go back to some instance. Go back to, to, to one place where you made the right choice, where you chose to do God's will. Isn't that what happened? He always sets us free when we yield our rights to him. So parents, you want to, you want to teach your children a valuable lesson? about church, then make church and make God a priority in your life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you have to be here every single Sunday. I'm not saying you have to be so legalistic that you drag your kids out of bed and force them to come up here or else. But I'm simply saying what you do and what you hold to be important, they watch, they remember, And in most cases, they duplicate. So we wonder what's wrong with our children, what we need to do to encourage our students. And from the vantage point of being a parent or a grandparent or some person of influence, all we really need to do is understand that what we deem to be important will be in the choices we make. And there will always be those who are watching, who are looking for our example. Because you see, you can choose whatever you want. And then you live with the consequences. You serve the choices you make. Then Joshua says, make your choice now. You notice he said, choose you This day, choose for yourselves today. Now, did he mean a 24-hour period? I don't think so. I think he was saying, make your choice now. Don't put it off. Don't wait. And see, going back to the role and example of a parent, that's usually what happens, isn't it? Is that we spend all these years pointing our children toward the wrong things making a priority of the wrong things. And then when time has passed, we wish we had done something else. We wish we had led in a different way. 
When all along God says, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Make up one's mind. Then Joshua really steps out on a limb here. After all this prep work, after all this motivating, after all the, the, this laying out the truth, he then says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What was he saying? He's saying that there is a time when we all must make that personal commitment. There is a time when people must step up. And it begins with any and all of us. Not just one person. Not just a certain position. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, we know good and well that Joshua couldn't speak for his whole house. He couldn't force his whole household to follow God's will. But he could do this. He could say, I am going to make that choice. And to the best of my ability, with the influence that I have and the authority I have over my house and my household, I will do my best to point those who look to me to point them in the right direction. And that's exactly what he did. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know if you know uh, Gary and Donna Kane. Gary and Donna joined our church some years ago. They moved to South Carolina recently because of family. He sent me an email this week. I got it on Tuesday. And it makes me smile. He said, Stephen, he said, after moving from Texas to South Carolina, one of our first priorities was to find a new church. After visiting numerous churches, we feel we have finally found a church where we can join together in Bible study and worship. The Brushy Creek Baptist Church in Taylor's, South Carolina. It's only a few miles from where we live. He said, we're encouraged with our limited experience with this church. And if we continue to believe this is where God wants us to serve, we will ultimately make Brushy Creek our new church home. Here in this upstate region of South Carolina, you can almost find a church on every other corner. We got kind of spoiled at FBC Louisville, and I realize we're picky about where in all likelihood where our next church home will be. While we were searching for a new place to serve, we felt that we should keep our giving, our tithing coming to FBC Louisville so we could assist the ongoing ministries and the church's new building program. During our time at every previous church, we always would say that while we were searching for a new church home, quote, we will never ever find as good a church as the one we just left. But God has always led us to a quality new church home. 
We will always cherish the wonderful memories of First Baptist Church Louisville and the fond friendships of that fellowship. We hope this finds you and your family well, and we send our very best wishes for a wonderful Thanksgiving and a memorable Christmas season in his love, Gary and Donna Kane. And then he puts P.S. He said, even though we live in South Carolina, we still plan to be buried at the Dallas-Fort Worth National Cemetery and remember you promised to preach our funerals. And I do not remember that commitment at all. But folks, think about this. Did you just, did you hear what he said? I mean, how many people, how many of us, and granted, it's been many years since I've had to move anywhere. But how many of us, when we move to a new place, the first thing we're looking for is usually what? It's usually that house. Or we're concerned with that new school? Or is it close enough to such and such a a club I want to join? Or is it just the right neighborhood for me to feel comfortable to where I feel like I can be safe? Nothing wrong with those things. But for how many of us would things be different if the first consideration was to finding a church. A church. A church where if we make that the priority, then what happens to everything else that I just mentioned? It becomes so much easier to understand the circle of friends you want to cultivate because you meet them where? At church. Not that that's the only place. It makes a whole lot of difference in the lives of children. When you find a perfect house in a perfect neighborhood, you're never going to find that. Nor would you find a perfect church. But how much easier is it when your children understand and know that one of the first things you're going to do as you settle in is find the place where God wants you to plant your lives and serve. Sadly, usually, church is an afterthought. It is something that comes along every once in a while or comes along when the tragedy hits. I always knew Gary and Donna were great folks. I always knew they were the kind that asking them to say, I will, was an easy thing. It truly makes me smile. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It makes a big difference who you choose to follow. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here in your presence. And Father, we pray that we choose to follow you. In the name of Jesus Christ, 
we ask this prayer and we make this plea. All God's people said, amen. So we talk about choices. We talk about consequences. We talk about commitments to say, I will. So the obvious next step is, how do we do that? Do we just say, choose, leave it at that? No. You see, when God speaks, he gives us an opportunity to respond. So that's why each and every time we meet, we wrap up a time of worship with a time of commitment, a time of invitation, a time of choose, make your choice, understand the options. That could go any number of ways, but it's the only healthy choice that we can give to those who come our way. So there you have it. I extend to each and every one in this room an invitation to choose a time where you could say, I will. And you can go through that list and we've been going through all these weeks. There may be two or three of them that you say, I want to do this. I want to do that. Make your choice. There are some choices that should rightly be made in front of the world, in front of a congregation like right now. There should be people who would step out of the aisle and come forward to put their lives in the hands of Christ. If you've never made that choice and never crossed that line of faith, I invite you to do so this morning. You don't have to work up to know certain things about the Bible in order for God to love you and for Jesus to lead you. All you need to do is choose. Choose him. There'll be ministers and deacons standing here to receive, to pray for, to help. Maybe you're here today and God's leading you to choose us to make this your church. Couldn't think of a better day to join a church than today. It's the Lord's Day. It's the first day of a new week. Coming right off Thanksgiving. Moving into Christmas. And if this is where God wants you, how do you join a church like ours? You come forward. That's not all you do. That's the first step. Maybe you're here today and you just simply need prayer. Sandy's here, Ray's here, Lon's in the balcony. Three folks who believe in the power of prayer and make their lives, make themselves available to pray for any and all. For the bottom line is, most of the time, that's what we need. We need someone to pray for us. Whatever the choice is, Let the word of God echo in your mind. Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's our invitation. I ask you to stand. We wait for you here. Won't you step out as God leads?